I missed it, the podcast where we watch and talk about a show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other one missed entirely. I'm Ryan and I missed it. And I'm Brittany and I didn't. We are on Buffy season three, episode three, Faith, Hope, and Trick. I get it now. (laughs) Yeah. I was very confused by the title and then watched the episode and learned everybody's names. Yep. (laughs) Those are all names. A charismatic slayer visits Sunnydale and wins over many of Buffy's friends. Meanwhile, two powerful vampires plot an attack. This one was pretty good. I'm going to give it like an 8, I think. Yeah, I gave it a 7. There's like parts of it that I really like. I really like the whole storyline with Faith this season in general. But there was also parts that I was like, okay, this is kind of boring and I don't care. Faith is going to be a good level of not angst, but because there's plenty of angst on this show already. Yeah. But just like grittiness yeah and like a little bit of a dark edge to it that's not you know a villain that we're going to kill every episode or some unnamed demonic horror of thousands of years yeah right she's it's darker dif- it's different mm-hmm. it feels like this is what angels should be yeah so yeah imdb gives this one an 8.3 <laughs> IMDB gives this one an 8.3, which is the highest so far. Granted, there's only been three, but it looks like it's also the highest for a while. There's a couple of nines and high eights, and then also a six. Sorry, I just saw The Wish. That one is probably one of my favorites. It's a good episode. So we are talking about Faith, Hope, and Trick. Faith is the vampire slayer, played by Eliza Dushku, who shows up. This is her debut, and then she's around for... Ever. A while and is a favorite, I'm told, by the internet. Uh, Hope is the last name of Scott Hope, uh, who I'm sure we'll talk about. And Trick is my temporary new favorite, while Spike <laughs> is MIA. Well, fun fact, I read in the trivia for this episode that the guy who plays Mr. Trick was in the running to play Spike. Like, apparently it was between him and James Marsters. Huh. To play Spike. That's interesting. Well, we're going to talk about him later because, uh, spoiler, he's my side character shout out because I want to talk about Mr. Trick. Yeah. But how well did you remember this episode? Fairly well. When it started, that whole scene with Willow talking about how she's so excited to go off campus because they're seniors, super excited to go off campus for lunch. She was so excited and then stopped at the curb. Yeah. Like, it was almost, like, two-dimensional slapstick comedy for a second there. Yeah. But it's Allison Hannigan, and she can do that. I mean, she did it for (laughs) seven, eight years, however long on How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Or will do, I guess. Yeah. Time is weird. Um, But it was very good, and it was just a good, pure moment. Yeah. And I love Oz so much. I love Seth Green so much. Because she's standing there talking, 
the camera shows very briefly Cordelia and Xander come up behind her, and you see Seth Green just look over her shoulder and nod, and then they just grab her, and it was such a good moment. It was a really good moment, and it was smooth, too. It almost felt unscripted. Yeah. But I think that's one of the things that Seth Green is good at, is so good. He's so is taking the scripted moments or taking the little thing and finding the nugget in it and pulling mm-hmm. it out, right? And just that little extra thing, like, I'm going to guess that the script called for Xander to walk up behind Willow and then they take Willow and keep going. And then Seth Green was able to just add that nod and then mm-hmm. they did it together and it was just this nice little thing. It's great. Yeah. So I remember that part very well. I like that part a lot. It's... It's really funny, and it plays well to Willow's character a lot. Yeah. Yeah, she's been talking so much about magic, it was good to hear her also talk about her extreme fear of getting in trouble. Yes. Because she was afraid that they had changed the rules and they were going to come and arrest her. Yes, because that's what the police are concerned with. (laughs) Uh, I remember Scott... So Scott is Scott Hope is a boy. I assume he's the senior. I don't remember. I don't know if they said. I don't think they said. I assume so because he was also off campus That's for true. lunch. Yeah. And was not getting arrested as Willow was so concerned about. Well, who knows? Things can happen. <laughs> so um he's a senior and Willow and everybody knows him, but Willow's trying to set him up with Buffy. And mm-hmm. he clearly likes Buffy. Clearly. And so This that, is the same Scott that asked her out at some point in season two? No. I, that was a different boy? Yeah. His name was Dan, I think. Am I thinking about the dance? The uh, Sadie yes. Hawkins, that yeah, boy? Yeah, I think so. I think is the one in my head? Okay. Yeah. It's a different guy. Gotcha. Scott is just a normal senior boy i shouldn't he's normal in the sense that he is not demonic (laughs) yeah he's not a demon and he's also not a werewolf and he's also not possessed or cursed yeah that we're aware of so far but this is buffy so there's time right he's a what would be considered a normal teenage boy yes though he's very polite so i'm not sure how normal of a teenage boy he is but yeah that's not wrong um but yeah this we spent all of this episode basically with scott asking out buffy he gives her the claw doll claw something claw that ring the irish ring i don't even know if i just said it right I said love ring. It's the, it, <laughs> when I wrote it down, I said love ring. I think it's Clado. It might yeah. be Cladal. Cladal. I don't know. Yeah. I don't that, know. The Irish ring. So we have our angel sighting. Yes. Six minutes in, he is slow dancing with Buffy at the bronze. Emphasis is placed on the ring, the Kladuch right. ring. And it's another dream. Yeah. 
a nightmare. No yeah. And uh, there's a really cool makeup job, and Angel gets a really, really good line in there. Yeah. But it is, again, unnecessary. But it has to be there because David Boreanaz is a serious regular. Yeah. Even though it's not very regular. Uh, yes. I mean, given the ending, that it didn't really need to be there, but... Right. Okay, let's just skip ahead and talk about that now, since this is the Angel sighting. Yeah. Angel's back. Yeah. Kind of, sort of, maybe, somehow... Who yeah, knows? But uh, apparently there are no clothes in hell. Yes. Um, so, like, I think that is well established at this point, and that is lore that should be remembered going forward. Uh, yes, it should also be established that when I was reading the trivia for this episode, they needed to make it apparent and very clear that um, David Boreanaz does all of his own nudity. <laughs> he does not have a body double for his nudity. He does it all himself. Good for him. It was in the trivia. They all were right. like very specific about it's David Boreanaz. Yes, you does are. You are seeing nudity. David. This is him. There is no replacement happening. There is no <laughs> uh, camera switches or body doubles. It's him. Okay, yeah. congratulations, David. Uh, so no uh, clothes in hell, but they do have hair gel. Yes, his hair looks the same. Yes, no clothes. But they do have hair gel, and that should tell you about the priorities of hell. I mean, in torment. Must have been bad hair gel. Yes. But they did have that moment where he said, go to hell, I'm already there, or something like that. And then mm -hmm. he turned into this, like, burned out husk of a person. Not a vampire. Very clearly yeah. not a vampire. It didn't have the eyebrow ridges. It reminded me of a... Um... A zombie, almost. Not the Buffy zombies that they just established in the last episode, but, like, almost... We don't talk about them. No. But almost, like... I don't know. That's kind of how I imagine other kind of zombies. I don't know. It kind of looked a little bit like Ghost Rider. Sure. You don't know who that is. I mean, I think I've seen Ghost Rider okay, before. Okay, yeah. So, but, like, the idea that, like, it's burning you from the inside and this is just kind of what your uh -oh. skin looks gotcha. like kind of had that because it was a little more burnt than just desiccated i guess i don't know yeah, it was like green and black yeah it was very good yes and it was very specific yeah um, but it, it was also a dream sequence yeah it reminded me of lauren's makeup that will happen in angel much later but he's green and red and black but it reminded me of like that demon makeup so let's talk about the other demon makeup in this mm -hmm. Uh, there are several other vampires. They look like vampires. Yeah. But let's talk about Kakistos. Taquitos. Kissing toast. Kissing toast. Uh, apparently, Giles is very good at Mad Libs. Yes. Because Buffy said kissing toast, and Giles pulled a very old Greek vampire out of his knowledge repository. Mm-hmm. And just got it. So Kikistos uh, apparently killed Faith's Watcher, which we find out later on yes. in this episode. And she left a scar over his eye. And the makeup or prosthetics or mask or whatever it was mm -hmm. that they did to Kikistos was very good. Yeah. Did they win anything for this? I don't know. I doubt it but i don't i have no idea they i'm sure they got nominated for the 
hair, makeup, and style, and special effects things repeatedly. Mm-hmm. So not strictly for Emmys, but for things along those lines, like the yeah. professional awards. Yeah. But, gosh, that was, it was so good. Yeah. It was so good, and the scar over the eye and the different eye that he had for that, it was just really good. And then he had the cloven hooves. Yes. Right? Which did not look fake. No, they look, it looked good. It looked really good. Clearly, the budget has gone up again. Yeah. Well, they spent a lot on zombies already, so. <laughs> right. Yes. It just keeps showing us in every episode that this must be when they got their budget. Yes. Like the, a bigger one. Speaking of budget, there's apparently some debate as to what is the correct uh, version of Buffy to watch. I found out about this. I went on a dive down uh, an internet hole. Apparently, we are watching the correct versions right now on Hulu. They are the uh, original broadcast uh, full screen ratio for the older um, TVs. They're, uh, oh, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but they're they're 4x3, not 16x9. They're full screen, not widescreen. Sure. Apparently, at some point, they were remastered into widescreen. I've seen that Buffy has been remastered. There's a remaster, and apparently, they remastered it into widescreen and tried to update everything. Yeah. And apparently, you're not a true fan if you were watching those, I because even they cut, they do you. cut off the top and the bottom of some of the shots. Yeah, because that's how that works. But then it also changes the colors drastically oh, gotcha. in some cases because the problem they had to deal with was that it was too dark, mm-hmm. largely. So they had to figure out a way to fix that in a remaster. Yeah. Um, and they did that with color saturation. Gotcha. I, th- I mean, I've only ever watched it on... Well, I, I had season three on DVD, so I watched that. I don't know if that was remastered or not. I saw that there was a petition going around the internet at one point asking Hulu or Netflix or whoever had it at the time to take down the remastered ones. Gotcha. Because that's not what people wanted to watch, apparently. But we are still in the... 4-3 ratio here, the original way it was shot, They the cameras have not changed yet. Gotcha. They are a little higher quality now in season three, but mm-hmm. it has not changed. Right. There's a scene where Snyder's letting Buffy back into school. Yep. The requisite Snyder scene. Yes. That we have to have in every episode now because it's foreshadowing. Yeah. And Buffy was better dressed, more appropriately dressed, I should say, in this scene than when she met with Snyder the first time. Because mm-hmm. she was in like a spaghetti strap yeah. shirt last time. Well, he did call her cute last time. Which I'm sure made her feel not happy. Probably. I don't remember that. And maybe that influenced what she put on the next time. I don't know. I'm trying to rationalize designer decisions, which we know that rationalizing this show is not a good idea. No. Her clothes were different in this episode. Yes. Noticeably. And it had to do with the fact that Faith was in this episode, I think. They were trying to make her more, I don't want to say put together, but like. She needed to be visibly different. Yeah. Yes. 
But the scene with Buffy Snyder and Joyce, Joyce did not speak a lot, but when she did, she, like, mo- openly mocked Snyder. Yeah, it was pretty great. And it made me... It un- was pretty savage. Yeah, like, as a teacher, it made me uncomfortable, but, like, I don't like Snyder. Right. It felt out of place and strange. Yeah. They're trying to walk a really fine line because she even at one point said, nya, 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 nya. Yeah. Like, she said that. And I was like, what? Yeah. But they very specifically did not show her say it. Like, they were, the camera was on Snyder for a reaction shot in that moment. For that oh, line. was it? Because I guess that was a step too far would be to show her saying that. Gotcha. We can just hear it. Gotcha. I thought it was on her. Maybe. I don't remember. No, I, the the uh, finger wave that you uh, were picturing was very much imaginary because I pictured it too. I was oh. like, oh my gosh, what is she doing? What is this like? And then thought about it for two seconds and went, yeah, there's no way they can show us that. That doesn't make any sense. This already doesn't make sense. Yeah. They can't go that far. Yeah. But it was great. It, it was, was delightful. That was immediately followed by a throwaway line about the mayor and power and school board and all that stuff. And he had a phone call from the mayor after they walked out or something mm-hmm. like that. And Armin Shimmerman had an incredible, like, three seconds of acting yes. in that reaction shot. He didn't say anything. It was Anthony Stewart Head-esque. Yeah. It was, it a, was really good. It was very good. It was very good. It was very, very good. Um, I wrote down in my notes that Buffy still has not told anyone that Angel got his soul back. Because she does that at the end. She does that at the very end, right before she goes. She gets her life together because she had to get Faith's life together. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Faith. Okay. And then we'll talk about everything else. I'm very excited for Faith. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens. I was a little sad that they solved her problem in one episode. I'm sure it, she has more problems. She seems like a person she that has, has many problems. But they solved the big one yeah. in one episode. And it just became a storytelling element that you could use to push Buffy forward mm-hmm. and to get Angel back. Right? It was a, we have to hit story beats A, B, C, and D to get David Boreanaz back on this show, is what it feels like. And then we have to go from that to whatever else to get David Boreanaz his own show. Right, I can feel the writers checking boxes as mm-hmm. we're going. So, thankfully, this episode was pretty well done, so it didn't feel as much like, okay, here's all of the things we have to do in a specific order so that yeah. we can get to the things we want to do. It didn't feel like that this time. Yeah. But I can very easily see how that could be an issue moving forward. Yeah. And that maybe that's why I didn't find this episode to be as interesting as I remember it being. Because now that I've watched it a bunch of times, I'm just watching them check those boxes. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not... I'm over it. <laughs> right. Um, but I love Faith. I love the character of Faith. She is so much more interesting than Buffy will ever be. <laughs> yes. Way more interesting. How is she in the school? I mean, she's a visitor. She's probably with her very clearly labeled visitors pass. I mean, it's the nineties. Maybe they don't need those. Columbine hasn't happened yet. No, but Buffy can't be there because Because she she was expelled. She was expelled. Yes, but this other random girl with tattoos that Snyder would probably hate on sight. Mm -hmm. She's fine. Yeah, I don't know. Nine Eleven hadn't happened yet. Yeah. 
Columbine hadn't happened yet. It reminds me of, like, Faith right now reminds me a lot of Eliza Dishku in Bring It On. It feels like... The same energy, the same Well, it feels like the um, writers and director uh, and casting directors, I guess, of Bring It On watched Buffy and they were like, yes. And they just and that character. And they just wrote for that. Yeah. Because I'm almost positive that I saw Bring It On before I saw this season of Buffy and I saw Faith in Buffy. So I just assumed that it was the opposite. But it can't be because this is the 90s and that was the early 2000s. Yes, this came out first. Bring It On comes out in 2000 and... My brain wants to say 2002. 2000. Oh, okay. So not that much longer. Yeah, so it like they basically watched this episode of Buffy and were like, oh my god. I figured it out. Yeah. I mean, what if we had her, but she's a cheerleader? <laughs> I mean, it worked out. It did. I love that movie. And they got, what, four movies? And a musical? <laughs> yeah. Four movies and a musical. Yeah. Everyone's dream. Yes. But Faith is, she's a great character. She's on for all of season three. And then she comes back through, like, intermittently throughout Buffy and Angel. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an episode of Angel that's entitled 5 by 5 Right, because that's her saying. That's yeah, what she says. Yeah, 5 by 5 It means that she explains it later. It means that she's good. Yeah, 5 by 5 means... Is that, air, is that fighter pilot slang? I don't know. She explains it later, so she might. It, she'll tell us what it means. 5 by 5 is a perfect square. 5 by 5 is actually from radios. It is a report on the quality of signal and strength of the signal. So 5 by 5. So it's a rating scale of 1 to 5. First is for signal strength. Second is for signal clarity. So 5 by 5 means excellent strength and perfect clarity. The most understandable signal possible or perfect. There you go. 5 by 5. Yeah. I remember re-watching Buffy at one point. And, like, tweeting something or putting something on Facebook where I was like, I'm so confused why everyone loves Buffy but doesn't like Faith. <laughs> like, in general. Not on the show, like, as an audience. No, Faith seems way more interesting and she it's is. been half of an episode. Yes, she's way more interesting. Yeah. They obviously had their cutout for them, the designers, the writers, the director... Everyone had their work cut out for them as far as differentiating between Slayers. Yeah. Right? They did a good job of doing that through their fighting styles. Yeah. They fight differently, mm-hmm. which is not an easy thing to do for a fight choreographer. It's a very specific thing. So I was very impressed that they did it because I was looking a little bit. I was like, what does another Slayer look like? How did they do this? Kendra had her own thing, but that felt different than this. Um, yeah, because Buffy is more like karate, taekwondo, and from what I understand, because she, because Sarah Michelle Gellar ha- is has that in her background, and then Faith is more gymnastics, like because I think Eliza Dushku has that in her background. Sure, uh, but their fighting styles are different. They throw mm-hmm. punches differently. They kick differently. They do different things, which was interesting. It was interesting in this episode because we had two fights, three fights. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of fighting. Yeah. And all of the fighting was very carefully and clearly done 
to differentiate the slayers and to show them off in different ways. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't good. No, I they, think they spent. It felt like they spent so much time focusing on let's make sure this is different and clarify that. And look, it's two different slayers fighting, and they fight differently. And how can they fight together? And they did that part very well. Like the the choreography of it all was good, and mm-hmm. the uh, like the design ideas and the the vision for how things should go. Like that was all good and came through. Yeah, the actual execution of the fighting was bad. Yeah, like I remember Faith's introduction very, very well, like where she says, I'm Faith, moves the guy's arm over her and headbutts him. That was such a bad headbutt. Yeah, but it's it like so it's bad. like really smooth, and I remember that like very distinctly. Yeah, it was very smooth. It was almost, you know, partner dance-esque yeah. is what it reminded me of, and then she headbutted him back, and like her hair is flying free, and he's clearly two feet behind her. Gotcha. Reacts to it. Mm-hmm. But because the hair doesn't get caught in him, the hair is all loose. Mm-hmm. And then he falls, and it's a whole thing. Gotcha. Side character shout out. I want to talk about Mr. Trick. Yes. Because his name is Mr. Trick. He is delightful. He is the right-hand man for um, Kikistos, for Taquito's monster guy. He's played by K. Todd Freeman, who is still acting today. Some of his credits include uh, The Blacklist, God Friended Me. It's a recent thing. He was in some of the Pirates movies. He's on Elementary. Um, he was Arthur Poe on all three seasons of A Series of Unfortunate Events with Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. He was in that. Yeah, my sister was thing. watching that when I was over one day, and I was like, I recognize that he, guy. He was Dr. Stockman in the 2014 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He was in The Dark Knight. He's done a lot of stuff. He's very good. And he's just delightful. Um, but he was riveting. He was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would like a diet soda medium. He was terrifying, too. Yes, he was ordering a Coke, and he was terrifying. Well, I mean, like, when Mr. Kissing Toast Taquitos guy was talking about killing Faith in the limo, and he was like, mm, now I'm hungry. And then you just see him change into a vampire and like and grab the guy and, and it was the fast food real worker scary. And, yeah, pull him out the window. Yeah, it was, it was really well done. Yes. And then he survived at the end. Yeah, because he left. Because <laughs> he just decided to leave. He peaced out. He peaced out. He's like a modern vampire thinks of the bigger picture. And I was like, yeah. yes, he does. You're not Spike, but I like you. Yeah. That I didn't have a side character mm-hmm. shadow. It was basically him. Him and Faith. Yeah, Faith isn't really a side character, though. No, she's just introduced here, so we gotta talk about her. I mean, Scott, I guess, he... He was very earnest. Yeah, he was, like, he was very polite. I was waiting for Scott to reveal his true colors or something, because that's what this show does, Mm -hmm. right? Or for him to die horribly, right? because that's what this show does. Um, And I think I wouldn't have had that reaction as much if Seth Green wasn't on the show. We already have a nice guy. His name is Oz. Mm-hmm. We can't have two nice guys. Right. 
So I kept waiting for something else to happen, and it never happened. Yeah. He's just a nice guy. That we know of for now. Yes. But He's I, a had that, I had that initial reaction to him of like, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's yeah. like, nope, he's just a nice guy. He's very polite. He, he knows what he wants, but he's going to be polite about it and back off. Right. And he even, he had the comment of, I have one more chance because if I do it another time, I'm going to be considered a stalker. And I was like, but you're nice. Like, you're being very respectful. You're not like, mm, I'm in the friend zone. You're a jerk. Like, he's not being rude to her. No, he's not. If anything, she's being rude. And yes, she is. Because <laughs> she is Buffy, and Buffy is actually the worst. Yeah. Cordelia is not the worst. <laughs> I was ready to, I'm ready to give Cordelia kind of a pass because she hasn't been doing much. She's just kind of been present. Yeah. And then she tried to explain Slayer lore. And I'm having none of that thank you. See, what she explained, though, is what has already been explained. Just not in those words. And it didn't make sense for anybody else to blurt it out in the middle of the conversation that they're having. But we already knew what was going on. She didn't have to. I think it was for like it was clearly for the audience. It was yes. a we've established this. Let us remind you. And yes. yes, I get it. They reiterated it, and I f- feel like if they wanted to reiterate it, nobody else could have done it. I expected her to show up in the library somehow, meet Giles, and Giles say something about Kendra really is gone then, or something like, "Oh, gotcha. there, like I, that was what I was expecting was going to happen." Was Faith would show up, and that would confirm to Giles that Kendra actually was dead and wasn't being tortured or somewhere else. Gotcha. I mean, her body was there, but granted, Giles didn't see her body. He right. was kidnapped. Plus Slayer magic. I mean, Buffy already came back from the dead once, so... Yeah. Naturally, though, like, she was brought back via Xander doing CPR. Yeah. I guess one thing that is very... needs to be made clear is that their vampires were allowed to go into Faith's hotel room because it's a public place because they entered her hotel room. Usually oh, yeah, it's not can't. a home. It's mm-hmm. a public rentable space. Yes. That she had not paid for. Correct. She was behind on her payments. Payment. So even the then, like, even if you have paid the rent for it, she had not. Yes. So they were allowed in because it's a public place. I really enjoyed that any time we saw Faith and she was talking to Buffy, she felt much older than Buffy. I mean, I guess not much older, but she felt older than Buffy. Like, Buffy is about to turn 18. I felt Faith was, like, in her, like, 19, 20. Like, that's how she feels. Yeah, not that much older, but a couple of years older. Yes. More worldly. She talks about the places she's been and the things she's done. Until she got scared. Yeah. When she got scared, she felt like a baby. Like, and I'm gonna guess that's the intention, and it was very good. Right, and they don't actually tell us how old she no. is. All they tell us is that she dropped out of high school. Yes. And it felt like that had been a couple of years. Yeah. And I don't, honestly don't even know if they ever tell us how old she is. Buffy keeps referring to her as her little sister, like that she's younger, but I take that as... It just means that she's younger as a slayer. That makes sense to me. Yeah. 
because Faith, to me, feels older than Buffy. Yeah. I can also see it, Slayerhood being called a sisterhood and Mm -hmm. compared to a sorority and things like that. I can see that happening eventually. Mm -hmm. Not right now. Obviously, there's two of them. Yeah. I just, it was something that I noticed that I didn't ever really notice before, how when Faith got scared, she felt much younger. I don't know why it stuck out to me. Maybe because it's 1998. Oz has black fingernails. He has painted fingernails in this episode. Uh, yeah. He general. I think he does throughout the whole thing. I hadn't noticed it before this episode. So maybe oh. he hadn't. I just hadn't noticed it. Yeah. But it just, it's just an interesting point of reference that, sure, he's a rocker and all that. Mm-hmm. So they can get away with it a little bit. But it's like the nice guy on a mm-hmm. TV show uh, still painting his nails in the late 90s so point of note i guess yeah i think it's honestly it's to help us real remember that he is a rock star yeah because he doesn't act like it like he's so genuine and so kind that truthfully i always forget that he is in a rock band until he's playing he's playing his guitar Rockstar might be a tad too far. <laughs> right. He yeah. has a band. Yes, he's in a rock band. He has a Whatever. rock band and he has a mystery machine. Yeah. He's closer to being uh, Fred than Eddie Van Halen. Rest in peace. Yeah. Favorite line for this? What was yours? Um, Buffy was talking about all the normal things she wanted to do, like date and shop and hang out and go to school and save the world from unspeakable demons. You know, I want to do girly stuff. Yeah, you know, just girly stuff. You know, she could uh, get pink steaks or something. She still has Mr. Pointy somewhere. Somewhere. That's for special slang (laughs) times. Uh, At the beginning... During that Willow moment, or not during that Willow moment, but right after it, uh, as they're approaching Buffy, Oz says, prepare to uncouple. <laughs> uncouple. Yes. <laughs> and they just all drop hands, and they're not flouting their relationships in front of Buffy. Yes. That was good. Good job, Seth Green. He's so good. It, f- uh, it felt like an ad-lib, too. Like, he's very good at taking something scripted and turning it into... Something that feels spur of the moment. Mm-hmm. It's very good at it. It's it, that is that's not something you can teach either. You either have that or you don't. Yeah, he's so good. I think the last thing I had is the problem with David Boreanaz being listed as a series regular. Yeah, it ruins the suspension of disbelief mm-hmm. because I like that Buffy's having the dreams and the visions or the whatever. With David Boreanaz as Angel in them. Yeah. But they're not necessary. They are not. Right? It makes her pain more believable, but it's ultimately not necessary. But how crazy would it have been if Angel's dead, season's over, they start season three, Buffy's dealing with everything, and then at the end of episode three, she deals with it and puts the ring down, and then, boom, David Boreanaz shows up. 
Right. Like, that's the problem with having him listed as a series regular. You have to get him in the episodes otherwise, and we have to see his face. Yeah, otherwise you're paying him for no work. (laughs) Well, you're paying him for no work, but it's just the way it is. It's a rule. He has to be in the credits, Mm -hmm. and you have to see him, but it takes away from the storytelling. Yeah. Right? It's one of those things that the previews and the rules around things kind of hamstring you a little bit with the storytelling sometimes. Mm-hmm. The biggest example that I can think of when the third Thor movie came out, where Thor goes to Vegas Planet and meet, and fights the Hulk. Yeah. And it's a huge thing. Thor fighting Hulk has been a huge thing in comics for forever. Yeah. Right? Until they released the trailer and you saw Hulk bust through and Thor and Hulk are going to fight. Until that happens, you don't know Hulk is in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, you could have gone and seen that movie and gotten 30 or 35 minutes into the movie and then suddenly Hulk is there. Yeah. But instead they had to put him in the trailers. Yeah. So that story beat and that moment, that incredible reveal is lost. Yeah. Yes. Because of promotional reasons, because of rules, because of guidelines, all of that stuff. It is what it is. This is the world we live in. We just try to tell good stories in it. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. So it's time for Ryan Predicts Poorly. I predict that next episode there will be werewolves because they went out of their way to remind us this episode that Oz is a werewolf. And to confirm with Faith that she was cool with it. Yeah. So that means we're getting werewolves. Or it means we're not going to talk about it for four episodes because consequences aren't real things. (laughs) Both of those are very possible. Well, thanks for joining us on I Missed It. You can find us on Twitter at I Missed It Pod and check out our network at ghostlightmedia.net and all the other fine, fine shows over on the podcast network there. I know uh, Imprinted Echoes just had some major uh, plot revelations, so if you're not caught up on that, you should. Zan is a very, very good storyteller. Yes. Um, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Whatever you listen to us on. That would be great. So this has been Buffy Season 3, Episode 3, Faith, Hope, and Trick. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget, Martha Stewart knows Jack about hand-cut prosciutto. But she can slay. She just doesn't like to. Doesn't like to. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.